I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, it's Glenn James. This message is being played at the start of all podcasts that Simo Interactive produces. It has come to my attention that there was a licensing issue with the music that we were using for our shows. And until that issue is resolved, and it might take a couple of weeks because I'm overseas at the moment, I've just decided out of an abundance of caution, I would stop using any music until we've resolved the issue. So if you are new to the podcast, you probably won't notice anything different. If it's not your first time, this is why there is no music in the episodes at this time. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the episode. Today on the show, we are talking about high performance habits with Jess Spenlove, who is a high performance coach and speaker. But before we kick in, let me tell you a bit about Jess. She's a specialist in nutrition and high performance, and she has worked with elite athletes all around Australia, helping them to reach their best performance. From AFL teams through to netball, she helps people climb to the top of the ladder and stay there by harnessing their natural energy centers, food, sleep, and mindset. Whether you're an ambitious employee, football player, entrepreneur, CEO, or aspiring executive or leader, there is something for you to learn in this episode. Jess is going to show you how to get the most out of your performance and how to get to the top and stay at the top of your career. This is a podcast about making work work. You'll learn about leadership, career growth, and how to navigate those weird work challenges. I run a HR consulting business called Boldside, where I help leaders build epic team cultures. If you lead a team or run a business and you think I can help, let's connect on LinkedIn. My name is Shelley Johnson. It's time to get to work. Jess Fenlove, welcome to the podcast. Shelley, thank you so much for having me. I am pumped for today's conversation. Okay, me too, because I just love your work so much. I follow you on Instagram and have for ages. And I'm always commenting because everything that you put out there is so practical. And I think that's the thing that I love about you, Jess, is you take something that's really complex, like diet, like exercise, like achieving high performance, and you put it into this practical way. And I've been able to apply this. And just before we started recording, I was telling you about some of the things I've been doing personally that you've recommended that have really helped increase my energy levels at work. And so I just cannot wait to dive into all of this today with you. Thank you. I love that. And I really pride myself on taking the scientific evidence-based pretty complex information and making it practical and tactical because we are humans. We have so many things going on and it needs to work in the context of our life, which is how do we actually do that? Thanks for the knowledge. How do we do that? So I hope today's jam-packed with that for everyone. Uh, It definitely will be. So I'm just going to jump straight in. You have worked with elite athletes all over Australia in the peak of their performance. And I just want to know, what does it mean to you, Jess, to be a high performer? It's a great place to start. I feel like I'm hearing this term get thrown around more and more. And, you know, for me, a high performer isn't so much about goals and achievement, like that tends to come with it, but really it's about who someone is at their core. 
some of those real hallmark features are someone with a growth mindset and they're really able to adapt and learn really no matter what the challenges are. So surface level, everything might look like these people have it easy and they're just talented, but you don't necessarily see the adversity and they take those adverse situations as lessons. Um, I find these people tend to also have a really like good EQ or their emotional intelligence and their leadership can really be seen and that's universal. So whether that's boardroom, sporting field, um, they really carry themselves and their leaders, both how they conduct themselves and then within that group. So yeah, I think it's definitely not so much about the goals, but it is also that real how they approach the journey. I'm sure we'll use that word a lot, the good old journey, but it's <laughs> it's true. Definitely. I, I love what you're saying about growth mindset. Yeah, it's really that ability to look at challenges and take them head on and, you know, not just be such in their box, fixed mindset. This is how things are going to go. They're really open. Um, they take the good with the bad. And, you know, as I said, they see them as wins and lessons. It's not wins and losses. And, you know, with an elite athlete, I think that can really be seen with how someone handles like an injury that can be career ending. So some athletes can really let that get on top of them and others just see it as an opportunity to recalibrate and work on other areas. And, you know, as I start to work more with business leaders, business owners, C-suite, all of that, I have to say it's very similar. That setback or that adversity might be a little bit different. It might be a health problem. It might be getting overlooked for something, but it's really about taking that as a lesson and saying, well, how can I better myself or what do I need to upskill in or getting that feedback to just go back to the drawing board and, you know, really look at something is if it's not meant for you now, well, it's something better is down the track for you. It's a really good point you make about seeing setbacks and failures as a lesson, not a loss. I think that's a, and it's really interesting when you think about that in, in elite sports where you actually have a scoreboard that tells you you've lost. So it's like, you lost the game, you win or you lose. But I love what you're, how you're reframing that to go, well, no, it's, it's a lesson and there's something there that we can reflect back on and work out, okay, well, what do we do that we could do differently? How much of that is like a meant, like, cause it feels like a, a big mental game to be able to go, okay, what did I do? Like, what have you seen people do practically to reflect and find the lesson in those losses? There's a lot there. And, you know, one thing I didn't touch on, which also speaks to a high performer is that resilience piece. And which again, I guess, is that ability to bounce back and and handle stress and, and pressure. I think in the moment, it's okay to be impacted when something doesn't go your way. Of course, feel the feels, you had this intention, things haven't gone according to plan. But having that ability to take some space, take some time, whether that's self-reflection, whether you've got some rituals and habits in place, which I'm sure we'll touch on, gratitude or meditation or breath work, where you've got that ability to to go within. Um, A really interesting thing I've seen, which is probably more in your wheelhouse, but it's the culture of the environment, which can also really like breed that or support it. And 
you know, it, again, in a sporting club, like the difference between winning on the weekend and the vibe to then losing on the weekend and the vibe can be catastrophic. It's it's unbelievable, the difference. And really successful clubs I've worked at have nearly had within their value system, like let's not ride the highs and lows as much. One win or one loss doesn't determine who we are as a team. And when they're really able to, to go from that values piece, the overall culture, that also helps each person be able to look at the wins and the losses or the wins and the, the lessons um, in a much kind of better headspace as well. When you, I've been thinking heaps just about the idea of talent and natural talent versus hard work. And I was listening to your podcast this morning, actually, uh, Simon Sinek uh, interviewing Stephen Pressfield. And Stephen Pressfield has written this book called The War of Art, which is essentially this idea of resistance, that to get to your best work, you have to overcome a level of resistance. And Simon Sinek posed this really amazing question to him where he said, what is most important? Is it luck? Is it talent? Or is it hard work? And he said, Stephen Pressfield, in his response, the least important is talent. What's your take on the overlap of of hard work? Is it hard work that makes the high performer or is it talent? Like what do you see when you're thinking about this? Yeah, it's a great question. Look, and it's like anything, there's there's a broad range or a spectrum as such, but there needs to be an intersect with with those three things, I think, and they're not always going to be in equal amounts. And I have definitely seen, again, like referencing just the sporting world, because so much about what I now do is taking those lessons and transferring them. But, you know, not often, so I don't want to talk just like generally, but often you can see that really talented athlete, maybe they've been drafted really highly, or they've had that early success. And when things don't go their way, that can really shine through in a very different light to someone who's really just been at the perimeter of, am I going to make it? Am I going to get drafted? Am I going to get selected? They're nearly used to that. And it does, it breeds, I think breeds the resilience even more. So look, I think there's an element of three of those things. And the fourth is the consistency piece. Everything compounds when we embed behaviors, when we embed learnings, our mindset, it's all about how do we then consistently do that and have that compounding effect. And we all get it when it comes to money, like whether we're investing or we're thinking about our super, we're in it for the long haul and we really reap the benefits the longer we're in the game. When it comes to all of this, our health, our well-being, our mindset, all our movement, like the compounding effects of all of that, the longer we do that, the the, the greater that becomes. So yeah, I don't think there's a, oh, it's it's more talent or it's more hard work. I think it's a combination and that's really where it comes down to that individualised piece, but you can't have one without the other. And, you know, what's the saying? Like no pressure, no diamonds. It's kind of the same for human beings. Like for us to thrive, we do need an element of stress. And I guess that's, you know, we're in an interesting place now where stress is huge. It's a huge contributor to burnout. It's a huge, you know, negative influence on our overall well-being. But I don't think the message should be no stress because we actually need an element of it. And then if we don't have it, we become or we lose that resilience or we don't foster it. So it's an interesting place to be in. Yeah. I don't know if that really answers it, but it's it's just what I've seen. 
I like your call out, Jess, of that fourth component, which was, I think you're right. That's something that was missing from that podcast I was listening to this morning of consistency. And I don't know, like I've been thinking heaps about consistency in leadership lately, or probably for the last, I don't know, six to nine months of the role that consistency plays. It's not sexy. It's not like, you know, when I think about great leaders or high performers, I think about the things that they do externally that make them seem good. Like they might do an amazing speech to all staff, or they might deliver this project and get all this like recognition. But I think sometimes it's the things that you don't see that people do consistently day in, day out that make them ultimately stand out. But we don't, we don't call attention to them. They're like the little disciplines that really have an impact on your performance. I'd love to know because you have worked with so many people at the top of their game in sports and in business, C-suite execs, you've seen it all. Tell us what are those little subtle practices or habits that people who are at the top of their game, they're really performing or outperforming their peers. What are they doing that we're not seeing? You're exactly right. And it's all of those little things that build character as well and consistency in how they show up, which I really believe is all of the kind of external work. It's the self-talk that they have and maybe the practices around that. It's, you know, the things like the morning routine and the sleep routine, which I feel like everyone's like, yeah, morning routine, win the morning, win the day. And look, I'm here for that. And there is a place for that. And I agree setting yourself up, but you nearly set your day up with what you do the night before. Are you winding down? Are you switching off those thoughts? Are you consistently going to bed at the same time? Are you creating this really supportive sleep environment? And you cannot be the best leader or a high performer, even if you are the best per- the best leader that there ever was, if you're not actually taking care of yourself, if you're not nurturing yourself, if you're not fueling yourself, if you're not sleeping, like, The way I like to look at it is human beings have three non-negotiable behaviours we all have to do, like a matter of survival. Then there's things which we should do which optimise how we perform. So the three non-negotiables are we have to eat and we'll put hydration in there, like we have to do that or eventually we'll die. (laughs) We have to breathe similarly and we have to sleep. So what practices do we have around that? And also the people that I see performing at their best in the workplace for their teams, leading their business, are the people that know themselves and know how to leverage that stuff. And we're not taught that. We're very reactive because we're not taught to be proactive. Um, and then similarly, like the they're not non-negotiables, but human beings were designed to move. So you can guarantee that someone showing up at their best leading their team has really good practices around their movement in some way, shape or form. Um, And they probably also grasp the concept of macro and micro recovery, which like macro recovery is that sleep piece, but micro recovery is like what are the little things we're doing in our day to give our brain a break, to step away, to work in cycles of intense work, but then to then have that rest. When you're balancing that, you really are able to show up consistently as yourself. You're not riding the roller coaster of energized to exhausted, which so many of us are doing. Talk to me about that roller coaster of energized to exhausted. 
when I, I know I run polls, I do workshops, even with my clients, I often say to them, what best describes you? Do you overall want more energy? Do you start your day with good energy, but by the end of the day, you're wrecked? Do you start your week with good energy or end the week with being wrecked? Or do you feel great all the time? I never have anyone answer D. It's normally <laughs> it's normally A or C. They either want more energy in general or C, they start that week fresh and then they're just absolutely crawling to the weekend. And look, again, a big piece of that for me, what I see is this, we're being very reactive in what we do. We have to feel tired before we rest. We have to feel hungry before we eat. You know, oh, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't had lunch. Everything we're on the back foot. And when we're on the back foot and we're being inconsistent with all of our behaviors, how can we expect the brain, who's the CEO of our entire body, it's such an energy hungry organ, like 20% of our total food our brain uses. It's also made up of 75% water. If our brain is underfueled, dehydrated, it's feeling pretty tired and average, it takes priority, it will then also downregulate so many other systems in our body. So look, the main point of all of that is if we want to actually get on the front foot, have good energy and stay consistent, it is about being proactive, but putting easy to implement strategies into place. And you know, what I see is people listening to the podcast, reading the books, doing the things, and we're nearly attracted to the more higher complex, really difficult. It's nearly like it has to be hard for it to succeed. And my whole thing is it actually gets to be easy. It's about choosing the path of least resistance, but we just need to find the first domino you need to push to build that momentum. Because what we're often doing is we're pushing it in the downward spiral direction, which what we want to do is push it forward. And that's really why I believe it's about principles and applying them to your life rather than like set and forgets meals or exercise routines or whatever it might be because that works for someone else, but that doesn't consider you, where you're starting from, your lifestyle, what else you've got going on. So really, I think it really comes down to that proactive piece. I love what you're saying that it needs to work for you and it needs to be like, start by making it easy and simple. I I was thinking the other day, I didn't, okay, I'll just have a little rant for a sec. (laughs) I hate the win the morning, win the day stuff. Like I got to say, I just, I do not subscribe to that at all because my style of working, and I don't know if you've done much work in like chronotypes, but I am not like an early morning person. Like my husband, Sam, he'll get up at like five and he's full of energy. Whereas I'm like sluggish. Like I'm like a giant slug in the morning. I just can't, I'm like, I, and my energy is really low, but, but what happens is I, I get kind of like, I feel like I peak in my energy probably like 10 till 12 in the day. Then I have a lull. And then after the kids go to bed, I have like this creative like surge where I can write content or I can create stuff in my business. And I have all this creative energy that I'm like, where did this come from? This is weird. And every time I see those, like do an ice bath, get up at five in the morning, like bloody run for 20 kilometers. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I just want to get back into bed and hit the snooze button and just like sleep for another two hours. Like, please stop. <laughs> like, why do you think we subscribe to these like one size fits all things? Like, I just, I just don't buy that. 
And I mean, I've got to say, I've been heaps more disciplined with some of those practices. Like I go for, I try to walk every day now, like just 45 minutes, not long. And it's like a leisurely stroll. But for me, that's like something I'm like, that's easy and I enjoy it. But when people like do high high intensity workout, I'm like, I just, it's just not me. I don't want to do that. Like, can you tell me like, why, like, why is it that we go for these like morning routines that are so religious and rigid? I'm so glad you've brought up chronotypes because it's something I talk to a lot of people about. Have you actually done the quiz? Because when you were describing your husband, I'm like, he's a lion and you're probably a bear. (laughs) Okay. Well, no, I haven't. I'll have to do, is there a quiz? Tell me more. Yeah. So there's quite a few out there. So, um, think sleep foundation. I just Google like chronotype, like sleep chronotype quiz. But for those listening along, a chronotype is is a combination of like your circadian rhythm and genetically how we are wired. So what you have just described is the the morning person is what they would call a lion. And they are the typical springing out of bed at 5am, but they're also going to bed at 9pm and they are in their flow first thing in the morning between about 8 to 12 whereas 55% of the population are bears, which is probably, I would guess, where you would sit, which they're getting up a little bit later around 7am, they're in their flow or their most productive hours from 10 to 2, and then they're going to bed a little bit later. There's also a wolf and a dolphin. The wolf are the like the night owls. Um, they are not me. I am not that person. <laughs> But they are in bed like midnight onwards, up quite late, and they have their flow like in the afternoon. Um, There is a chronotype as well called a dolphin, which is only 10% of the population, and they're the only type of people that can um, thrive with a lack of routine. Majority, 90% of the population sit within those other three, and they thrive at those certain time points. So... I think knowing that information, even just knowing yourself, and I think we learn this just by trial and error and probably getting a bit older um, and listening to different perspectives. I think it was to succeed. It's do the things, do the ice bath, do the 20Ks, you know, eat a carnivore diet, which I'm so anti. (laughs) But it's extreme, extreme, extreme because success has to be hard. But I think there's a new type of person out there that believes in success and success is how they want to live their life. Success is, you know, choosing to structure their day or their week or balancing work and family. So success now isn't necessarily for everyone, just like the multimillionaires and, you know, working till you drop because that who that isn't success for everyone. And the more you get to know yourself, the more you listen to kind of different perspectives, the more you test and trial, and the more hopefully you just go, it actually is okay for me to choose the thing I want to do. We're so caught up in comparison-itis, looking at what other people are doing, and the more we can just be in our own lane and, and have that louder connection between like our intuition and what we actually need... And also I often talk about metrics that matter and metrics that matter are your energy levels, you know, your overall energy levels and also how consistent they are, your appetite, which also leads itself to like cravings and how you're just feeling across the day with your blood sugar levels and, you know, are you pretty consistent or are you going from starving to full, like swinging between the two? And then the third is performance, which is really individualized, but That can be cognitive performance, anything from focus, productivity to physical output. If you're training, you know, if you've got certain goals there and they are the, they are the metrics we need to be tuning into, not just like 
ticking the box on all of the routines and trying to set ourselves up for failure. Like someone might not have an hour in the morning to do a routine. They might have 20 minutes. So what does that look like for them? So yeah, I'm not sure what it is about humans that we're so drawn to like set ourselves up for failure. It's really this all or nothing mindset, which I see in a lot of high performing people. This, you know, I'm, I'm on, I'm doing the thing, I'm making it difficult. You can only do that for a couple of weeks and then life and all the things get in the way. So you then nearly take a step backwards because you feel like you failed yourself. Whereas when people come to work with me or in the talks I do, it's really giving themselves space to go, where am I? What are my goals? And then what with all these principles, which we'll cover off a fair few of them today, which one is speaking to me that I want to apply and giving yourself the space to feel when you actually do that. And that starts to create that self-awareness. So yeah, I'm hearing you rant away, um, but do the, <laughs> do the chronotype, see where you are. Um, I think self-awareness, I'm going to always come back to it. I think it is the greatest superpower in all areas of your life, but particularly when it comes to your health and your well-being. Your body's pretty good at telling you what's going on. We just don't really give it the space to listen and we don't understand. So it's nearly decoding that. Oh, I really want to dig into that about what are the signs that maybe your energy is low or that you your performance isn't where it could be because of, let's say, your sleep or your habits when it comes to diet. We're going to get into that in a sec. We're just going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to dig into some of those questions. If you want to grow in your career, I just wanted to remind you about our book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. Glenn James and I have written this book to help you with any kind of career crisis, but also those things that you want, like getting a promotion, making more money, moving into a leadership role, or if it's time to quit your job. You can find our book wherever you get good books from, or you can listen on the audiobook, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. Now let's get back to the show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so one of the things, Jess, we were talking about on Insta, I was messaging you with all my questions about energy and your, your work is just so helpful in giving cues to and, and helping you tune into what your body is trying to tell you. Because for me, energy and fatigue have felt like a kind of big, part of my working life. Like I went through a burnout in uh, 2018, I think it was, can't remember, and had three months off, worked completely. It couldn't work. It was a really difficult time uh, in my career. And after that, 
I think I realized I did not listen to my body for like probably three years. I reckon I would have had some little subtle orange flags waving early on. I just completely ignored. And then my body, it's just like, I I would describe it as it checked out. Like it just went, huh, uh, you're not listening to us. We're going to leave. See ya. And I couldn't, I remember I couldn't get out of bed on the, on the weekends. I was completely wiped. I would have to sleep for so long. And I've never felt like, I've always felt like quite an energetic person. So after that really awful experience, I learned to listen more to my body, but I still find it hard. Like I still, my, I feel like I've got these two competing things going on, Jess. I've got the, what I want to do mentally. Like I'm like, I want to get this huge project done. I want to do this, do this, do this. And I've got all these big ambitious goals, but then I've got this constraint, which is my energy or is my body or what, whatever. That's like, I'm tired. Like, <laughs> tell us what are the cues like how can we become more in tune with our own energy levels and what steps can we take to re-energize this is a huge piece and I'm so passionate about again personally and professionally because I'm sitting here as someone and what you've just described I'm like well that's the shadow side of being a high performer you're so motivated, you're so driven, you're so, you've got the things you want to achieve, you want to help so many people. And often we put that before ourselves. And I'd love to say with this type of information, we can prevent that. But I think a lot of the times, unfortunately, it comes from the lessons, it comes from getting it wrong. And if we can have a little bit more of an awareness piece, like the first places it will tend to show up is in our mood, Um, our irritability, our consistency like there and that's often where it will first show up. The next is just that disinterest. You're just like you're not feeling it like you used to and things are just feeling a little bit harder and that may be in, in terms of your work which you might be really passionate about whether it's your business, whether you're in an amazing team or a company, really value aligned and moving for the mission but you just feel disconnected. You know, it it then can also be you're just not doing the things that you normally do, whether that's exercise, whether that's being social, you just, you don't have the bandwidth or the energy to do that. So these are where they they start to show up. Look, a big one is as well, like your immunity, like you can get sick often. So the little colds and flus um, doesn't have to be major, but headaches, colds and flus, gut issues, like if that's consistently there, we we need to investigate that. Um, They're probably the ones that show up before it starts to become a real issue. And, you know, as I said, like for me, this change in direction is off the back of my own health issues and, and burnout. Like when I look back at a decade in pro sport and I didn't need to go and work with six teams, like most people would do one or two, but <laughs> probably speaks to the type of person that I am. And all these amazing opportunities were just flying at me. And it's like, how do you say no to that? And I just was this capacity. I thought I had this capacity just to add and add and add. And every single year at the end of the season, I'd be so wiped out. And it's like, that was just normal. And looking back, that was total burnout. And you know, for me, like a little bit of a personal share, but I had a lot of health issues off the back of COVID, which COVID was a beast within itself and and everyone had kind of slightly different issues. But for me, I'm 100% convinced that the 12 months of developing asthma and triggering like old 
sinus issues that I previously had, which ended up resulting in a second surgery. I'm so convinced it was COVID plus a decade of overworking, prioritising everyone else. Like, yes, I was a healthy person eating the healthy foods, physically, you know, being active, but the emotional and the spiritual side of being a person, like, you know, my sleep was not always good. That that came at a total cost. So, like, I hear you. I'm not just some, like, expert that's over here, like, preaching the things to do. This is stuff I've had to walk through as well. What are the things that you see? So you've worked with six professional sporting clubs, uh, doing all the things, achieving so much. What things do you see? Because I guess when I think about high performance now, after kind of having gone through some of those experiences, I think about high performance being a long-term thing. It's not like a short spurt of like energy where you get this big project and you deliver it. It's like, actually, how can I be a high performer in the long term. And I know your new podcast, which launches tomorrow, everyone get on it, Stay at the Top by Jess Spendlove. You're going to absolutely need to follow that podcast. Is This idea, right, of sustaining high performance, because I think for me and for so many of our listeners, Jess, they'll relate to this idea of getting to the top, like do all the things, run really hard, like go, go hard to get to the top. But then once you get there, you're freaking exhausted. You have no energy and you can't stay there. What is it that you have seen work in the people that you've worked with? And you might have some stories around this, but what have you seen work for those people who are able to stay at the top of their game in the long term? Yeah, it's such a, like, I'm so passionate about this. This is a hundred percent where I'm at, which was where, when I'm, um, when I was bringing out the podcast, so I used to host my millennial health. So it's actually on that feed and it's just getting a revamp and a refresh, but that was the missing piece because we're so focused on the outcome that we miss the process. And a lot of us, like we put these timelines And yes, sometimes there is a timeline, but we often give ourselves unrealistic timelines. But the biggest thing I've seen work is the concept of periodization. Um, Again, referencing it from sport, but that is how they put together their year. So like a macro cycle, let's say a year, is broken down into a pre-season, an in-season and an off-season. And then within each week, there is different days, you know, high days, medium days, low days. And this concept of peak performance, as it sounds, we're at the summit, we're at our absolute peak. That isn't sustainable. That is the sprint. But to truly have this longer term sustainable piece, it's more looking at, well, how do we approach the marathon? And that's where intentional rest, intentional daily habits, Or if we are in a season or a week or whatever of needing to push for the timeline, well, what are we then putting into place the following week to deload and download? And I think that when we understand how we can do that within ourselves and look, depending on, you know, whether we work for ourselves, what kind of hybrid work environment, what kind of business we work in, that's going to look a little bit different for everyone. But that can look at, that can be things if we are in a season of we've got a really tight deadline and it's a week or two well, I just need to deload on some other maybe social commitments or things that I've got going on. Um, Maybe easier said than done. But what we don't want to do, which often happens, is the social commitment and the health and all of that falls by the wayside longer term. 
So we still want to have those daily practices, that movement in some way, shape or form, you know, that micro recovery piece, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's a short brain break, you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, off technology, get away, step away from the screen, step away from the Instagram, step away from the emails, just be out in nature, moving your body. Um, it might be a meditation or a breath work. Like it doesn't have to be all, whatever speaks to you. But what are we doing in those micro terms of recovery? And even when we are sprinting at the peak, we need to still sustain those well-being practices. They need to be there. It's just maybe some other things get deloaded for a little period of time. I really think that's the key to that long-term sustainability piece and that enhanced longevity because we need to think about future us. We don't want to be this motivated, driven person in our 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever it might be, but then later in life, we're really paying those consequences. It's just like not worth it. I was listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger's audiobook. It's It's been really interesting and I've loved it, loved the book so far. He said this really funny thing though that I'd love to get your perspective on. He was talking about working your ass off. One of the chapters is called Work Your Ass Off and, and you can see over his career that he has absolutely done that in every way, like in every single aspect of his career. He's worked really hard. And he said this thing, Jess, where he was like, rest and relaxation is for when you retire. You don't need rest and relaxation, work your ass off. And I was like, oh, I I can see where he's coming from in that. But I kind of feel, and I guess this goes back to what we were talking before about what does success look like. And for for him, success was work really hard in every single part of life, become the governor, act in like all these A-list movies, win seven bodybuilding championships. So he has that success to him. And so rest and relaxation probably didn't form part of his success measure. And I think I subscribe to the idea of work really hard. Like I, I, I do definitely agree with that, that if you work really hard, you're going to have way better outcomes in life. But I also kind of took, I guess, a thing of like, I don't know if I agree though with that whole idea that don't rest and don't relax because if you, what, why are we doing this thing for? So what's your take on that? Because, and I think about periodization, what you're saying about how professional sporting teams will have the rest day. They'll have a break at the end of season before they go into pre-season. Like what's your take on, on (laughs) what Arnie was saying? There's definitely, you know, the Arnold Schwarzeneggers out there where that has worked for them and, I don't, I'm mindful about what I'm about to say, but, and this is definitely not my area of expertise. It's a bit of a personal interest piece, but there is this whole idea of the masculine and the feminine and and how people thrive. And in that mass, like whether it's men or whether just we're in this real masculine kind of place, we can, that is about working hard and structure and just push, push, push. That doesn't work for everyone though. So again, like, yes, that's worked for him, but it's not, if if you are burning yourself out, if you are regularly getting sick, if you are unhappy, if you are snappy, if life is pretty not great, except for work, that's a pretty big sign that what you're doing isn't working. And I get it. Like, you know, I probably look back in at the pro sport and I think there was a whole like identity piece there, which when I kind of stepped away from it, I was really surprised how attached to that whole world. And I'd really put that meaning on it. But, you know, I've done a lot of work myself and it's a very different look and feel now. And I think 
it's okay to go through different seasons. It's okay to have that really hard work where work is just your be all and end all, but it's also okay to change it and go, I, I'm made and meant for more. And, you know, again, this is probably more you than me, but looking at work from a performance outcome-based standpoint rather than the 40 hours a week really starts to kind of speak to this. And if individuals have ability within their days and weeks to even just set their days up. So I'm a morning person. I like to do my deep focus work in the morning and then often like meetings or, you know, different types of work in the afternoon because I'm getting the best out of myself. Whereas you've said the middle of the day, even little things like that, where you're just maximizing the type of work you're doing in your best hours. So you're getting the most out of it. For me, it's not necessarily more hours to do more work. Like if you're getting everything done in a shorter period of time, because you've implemented, you know, fueling your body and sleeping better, and and you're able to do a a state of deep work and, and get through more things. Well, great. Take that time to spend with your family, your friends, your hobbies, whatever it might be. Whereas if you're in a season of climbing the ladder, growing your business, you might dedicate that extra time to more work. So I think it's, yeah, it's definitely hard work is an element, but just don't let it override you. Don't let it ruin you. Don't let it burn you out. Like there is just a better way. And that's where these little daily practices, which I think everybody, no matter who you are, there's something to to learn. Um, And I briefly touched on it before, but I've really seen three typical types of a high performance profile. There's the overachiever. They're doing all the things, you know, they're doing the marathon training before they're about to go and run a company. And then they're doing weights in the evening and they're thriving. And even with those people, they're still the 1% marginal gains. The classic or the majority of people is the all or nothing mindset. They're generally someone, you know, we're pretty intelligent. They excel in certain areas of their life, but they just can't get all the jigsaw puzzle pieces together. And often in the, you know, the corporate world, that might be they've chosen their career or their business and the health piece hasn't just quite clicked that consistency there. And lastly, then there's the ticking time bomb, which is, you know, surface level, they look like they're poised, but one thing, one change, one stress is just going to be the thing that that breaks them. And um, I've actually put a quiz together on that. So you can take it. It's called the high performance profile quiz. But look, depending on where you are, that right next step is very different. So if you're the overachiever, we're really dialing into these little, you know, long-term sustainability pieces, things like gut health and maybe like tailored supplements where the all or nothing person would benefit the most from finding a consistency. What does that look like for them? Um, And the ticking time bomb it's just one small step, not three, not five, not I've got to go on a cleanse, I've got to do a challenge, I've got to fast, I've got to like extreme, extreme. All of that stuff's actually adding extra stress to you. One small little step, eat breakfast or don't skip lunch or like have a snack or take a brain break every two hours away from your desk. So yeah, bit of a tangent there, but... um. <laughs> I, I love that high performance profile breakdown and I know I will have the link into this to the show notes so you can check out Jess's website and take the quiz. I, I know for me, one of the things that you were saying is just eat breakfast every day consistently for two weeks and track how you feel. It's very simple. And maybe I relate to the ticking time bomb, I don't know, but I was like, I'll just do that. And I did see my energy levels increase because I was skipping breakfast every day. I just have a coffee. And I think just doing that, having my like high protein yogurt, super easy. 
Like, and honestly, for me, I'm just like, this is so easy. I just do it every day. And I've seen my energy levels increase. Haven't been as hungry. Haven't had that sugar hit craving at three o'clock that I'd normally have where I'd be like, give me all the chocolate, please need it all. So I think it's so helpful to know what is your profile and then what are the changes that you can make that's going to actually capitalize on when you're in focus mode, when you can get into flow mode. And I think the thing that I love about you, Jess, is it's so slim, it's so simple. It's not complicated. Like you make something that is complex, simple. And that's what I love. We're going to come back with a part two because there's just so much to cover in this. So stay with us. Part two is going to come out next week. In the meantime, because I know you're going to want to listen to Jess tomorrow on the day that this podcast is recorded, if you're listening, Tuesday, the 31st of October, Jess's podcast is released. Stay at the top, get on it, listen to more of her stuff. And we'll be back next week with part two with Jess Spend Love. And if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend, give us a five-star rating and review. Thanks so much for hanging out. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money, My Millennial Daily, and Retire Right. Find these wherever you get your podcasts.